0: Good morning. Well, well. Let's just give a moment to honor Pastor Ashley and Jay. I'm so thankful for them in this house. Yeah, I'm so thankful for their pastorship, for their friendship. They're amazing. And man, me and my wife are expecting our first child. We're really excited to have a baby boy this winter. And man, they have. Uh, so it's so much into us, like I'm so excited to be a dad, and I feel like I'm in a better place than ever before to be a dad and to, to raise a small human, which is mind-blowing. I know you, a lot of you have done that before, but it's crazy, right? Like it's a person, and we have to keep them alive and help them be successful, and but I feel like with their help and with like me and Rochelle have been to counseling with them, and they've helped us with their marriage and with who we are and who we are with Jesus and with each other and just by ourselves, and they have, uh, just advised and helped and supported us and helped us to grow so much. And I'm just so thankful for them and their pastorship and everything that they've put inside of us and done to, to help us along in our walk. And so I just, let's just give it up for Jay and Pastor Ashley one more time. They're so amazing. And I love her messages are so good. Has anyone been helped by the sauce series so far talking to Jesus? They're so incredible. Sauce is what we put on everything, because it's the best part of food, and prayer is just talking to God, and so this series has been all about talking to Jesus, and a challenge that I heard two two weeks ago, I think, from Pastor Ashley, uh, one of her messages was, God is speaking to you, trust him, listen for his voice, look for where he's speaking to you in your everyday, normal rhythms, and my hope for you today is that you would hear something new and fresh from Jesus, not just a nice reminder or like a good a good thing, a good message, but something that God is speaking to your heart and your life specifically for where you're at and he sees you and he knows what you're going through and to help you along in your relationship with him and to help you to grow and see something new and revelational and fresh in your life. Like Pastor Ash said, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today in this day? Give me something fresh today. So we are in the last week of our sauce series and I love sauce. I'm all about the sauce. When it comes to food, sauce is where it's at. Most food is just a vehicle to get the good sauce into your mouth, right? And uh, if if it doesn't have sauce, pretty much like I'm questioning whether or not I want to eat it. If Maybe is there like a, a sauce that might be good with it we could put it on the side? It's all about the sauce for me. And one of the things I love about being a part of the Hope Church team is uh, on staff here. When we have birthdays, we order something out, like our favorite meal, and we all sit around the table uh, for lunch, and we eat some delicious food and get some extra sauce to go with whatever it is that we're eating. And then we take turns and we tell uh, the, the birthday person what we love about them. It's a really fun moment, team-building moments, It's a really sweet birthday time. So once... We were having pizza and wings, and we got extra sauce for the wings because it's all about the sauce. And uh, I asked John to pass me one of the sauce buckets so I could dip my wings in it. And uh, our, our fingers are all saucy, and he's passing it over to me. And he thought that I had grabbed it, and I was just about to grab it, but hadn't quite yet grabbed it as we're sitting there, and he's passing the sauce over my lap. And he lets go and it went all over me, all over the place. This red, greasy, buttery sauce stained my shirt and my pants, my shoes, the floor. It was everywhere. And it wasn't his fault. Like, he thought that I had the sauce, and I thought that he was still passing it, so I was just about to grab it. You know, and sometimes I think that when we go to Jesus in prayer, we feel like I did with that sauce all over me, embarrassed for the rest of the day because I was like look disgusting and it's just a sauce accident. But people I don't know. So we go to God, we think, I you can't see me like this, right? I'm covered in this sauce, it's disgusting. I need to go do something before I can talk to you. I need to go change my clothes, clean this grease off my shoes, and do something different. You can't see me like this. It's too messy, it's too gross, it's too embarrassing. But King David, he talked to God in his best and in his worst. He didn't hide his feelings from God. He didn't hide his mistakes or the messes that he was going through. He went to Jesus with all of it. So I was wondering, as I'm getting ready for this last sauce message, who is the best person to learn about prayer from? What's a good example of somebody who knows how to talk to God and has this experienced life relationship with him that's really close that we could model and say, What he had with Jesus, I want with Jesus. So King David, he wrote a lot of the Psalms, and those are really good examples because it's him talking to God. He wrote these songs and Psalms, and he talked to God. He was a man after God's own heart. He said, David is a man after my own heart, which means when my heart beats, God said, David's heart beats. And that intimate relationship, like how do you me and my wife are really close, but I don't think our heartbeats are synced up, right? And it's like when his heart beats, my heart beats, that's a, a next level kind of relationship. And for God to say that about a person, what David had with God, I want that with God. And David went from living in the fields. He was just a boy. His his uh, brothers forgot about him and his dad forgot about him. He was a shepherd. He followed the sheep around. He lived outside. He slept in the dirt. He was just... A normal guy so how does the shepherd boy become a king and then to get that kind of title from God you know it, was he special was he better than us the answer is no he wasn't and we can be just like David like the access that we have to God now is better than the access that David had to God. and his status in life his high remarks given to him from God came from his honesty and his time spent with Jesus his honesty with God and his time with God. Because David didn't hide things from God. He was open and he was free from God, free with God. He was open and vulnerable. There's actually a story in the Bible where he's praising and thanking God. He's worshiping him with everything he's got. He's so excited. He's talking to his best friend and he's dancing. There's music, he's praising. And his clothes start coming off because he's just so free and we actually have a picture of it. No, I'm just kidding, there's no picture. (laughs) But it is a picture. Right? It is a picture of his openness and his vulnerability with God. It's saying, God, I am wholehearted for you. I love you. I'm connected to you. I'm comfortable with you. It's so cool. You're all still recovering. (laughs) David's biggest mistake in life, he confessed to God. His biggest mess. There's a whole psalm about him talking to God about the worst thing that he did in his life. He slept with another man's wife, and then he was the king, so he had that man put on the front lines in battle and killed to cover up his mistake. But God sent a prophet to him to call him out and say, David, look what you did. You need to make this right. And then he had an illegitimate son from his mistake. And when the product of his big mess was sick, when his son was sick and dying, instead of hiding from God and thinking, this is what I deserve, right? You know, this is my punishment. My son from my mistake is dying and I'm just full of guilt and shame and I'm gonna hide from God. Instead of that, he went straight to God and he cried out to God and said, I know I messed up and this is a product of my mistake, but God, would you be faithful and merciful to to me? Would you save my child? That boldness to say, God, this is my mistake, but I know who you are and I know your nature. So how can we get a relationship with God like David had? How do we share the good and the bad, the messes and the highlights, the best and the worst? And it seems oversimplified, but it's just that. We just share, it's who we are. That's all that God has ever wanted. That's all he's ever asked for is just a relationship that shares our life with him. It's, being, it's, it's like being in a relationship with someone that you love, right? You don't have to remember to share your life with them. You don't have to remember to, like, eat dinner with them or to have vacation, to bring them with you on vacation. It just happens. You just share. You're like, man, this really bothered me today. This happened. It made me really sad or upset. It's like when you choose marriage, you're choosing to share your life with someone. And we get to do the same thing with God. The access that he gives us is amazing. We just get to relate and share with him it's like walking and talking with someone. You're not worried about saying the right things or not saying the wrong things or offending them because of what you thought about, what happened. You just share honestly. And that's all God has ever wanted from you is just to share your life with him. And that's why he gave his life for you first before you were even around or alive. He said, I'll give you my life so that you can share yours with me so that you can have that access with me to share it and that's why he loved us first. Who better else is there to have a relationship with someone who created you, who designed you, who have this plan for your life, and then gave everything just so that you could be together? I mean, that's real love, and that's what Jesus has for us. So today, I want to take a look at some of David's conversations with God. What did he talk about? How did he talk to him? Because sometimes when we don't know how to talk to God, maybe we're still learning, we're figuring it out. Maybe we had a hard day, we're tired, we're having trouble focusing, or we're really busy. You know, David's words are a good place to start because we can learn how to do it. And if we're modeling after him, let's take a look at what he said. Because we want to know what to say. And I think sometimes we can agree, and we probably have a good idea of what not to say to God, right? How not to talk to God. Like, I shouldn't say something like, like this, like, that's it, God. That's long enough You've ignored me long enough, right? That seems pretty bold. I'm tired of looking at the back of your head, God. I've been carrying this trouble and this pain in my stomach for too long. I mean, that feels pretty bold, right? Maybe you don't talk to God like that, but I would say maybe you should talk to God like that. In fact, that's exactly how David talked to God. That's what he was feeling. That's exactly what he said in Psalms 13. He said, long enough, God, you've been ignoring me for long enough. And it's very emotional and raw, and honest. He's not worried about offending God or what God might think or saying the wrong thing. He's just saying, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. And this is where I'm at. And we can do the same thing that David did, right? Approach God with confidence and let him know your heart. What are you going through? What do you feel about those things? What are you afraid of? What are you sad about? What's going on in your life? Just share your heart. So that's how David starts this psalm. Are you ignoring me? God, where are you? But then he does something different at the end and it's something that he repeats a lot in the psalms he has this pattern where he makes a choice somewhere through the verses and to change something internally he makes a position shift in his heart in his attitude and he says in light of these circumstances in light of my feelings in light of what i've just said I make a different choice. And in verse five, he says, I have thrown myself headlong into your arms, God. I am celebrating your rescue. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I am so full of answered prayers. In the same psalm, almost in the same breath, he says, are you ignoring me? And then I'm throwing myself into your arms. I'm jumping into your arms. I'm making a decision to say, I live by faith and not by sight. It doesn't matter what's going on around me or what I feel inside. My confidence is in you. I trust in you, God. And it's that faith that he says, I'm gonna celebrate my rescue at your hands, God, in the middle of what I feel. I'm gonna celebrate before I see the answer. I'm gonna celebrate while things still seem hard and impossible. When it feels like you're ignoring me, I say, I'm going to throw myself into your arms, even though it feels like you're not there because I know that you are. I know your nature. I know who you are and that you're good. And these two things separate David as a man after God's own heart. It's his honesty and his faith. He starts with his honesty and he ends with his faith. And he, he wasn't special. We can be just like David. Looking at the first part of the psalm, you might think, like, does David really not have any faith? He's just being honest. He's talking to God. He's saying that's what it feels like. And now that I've shown you my heart, now that you know my fears and what I feel, I choose to trust you. I celebrate my rescue in the middle of my mess. And it's this knowing in our hearts that he is there and for us, that we run to him. For me, I had trouble believing that when I talked to God about something, that he would start to change things, you know, that he could change me. I think it was like a a subconscious belief that changed how I related to God and Believing that there would be a discernible difference. That if I talked to him about something that he would change me from the inside out, that he could, that he would, that it would happen, that there was a spot in my life in the future that was different than what I was living in right now. It was a subconscious belief that affected how I related to him. And really, it's like, if I, I kind of believed it without realizing it. But why would I talk to him about things if I didn't expect that anything could change? But if our trust is in him, like David is saying, how could we not run to him with our problems and our feelings? It, he leaves it up to us, though. It's our free will. It's our choice to put our trust in God. And Psalms 103 is awesome. It's a great example of David telling himself to make this choice. He, he moves himself to change. And it's not always easy to trust God, but we can direct our soul to do it, even if we don't feel like it. Because we know in our spirit who he is. And if you don't know how to do that, if that's new for you, let David teach you. He literally talks to himself, and he starts and ends Psalms 103 with the phrase, you, my soul, talking to himself, talking to his mind, talking to his will, talking to his emotions and his feelings. He says, you bless God. And in between all of that, he lists all these good things about God. He talks about all the ways that God has been good to himself He talks about all the ways that he learned from Moses and Israel, how God was good to Moses, how God was good to Israel, kind of the same way that we are learning from David how to talk to him. He learned from stories that he knew and said, God, you were good to Moses, you were good to Israel, you were good to me. And he talks about things that he experienced himself, his own relational experience. He reminds himself of how good God was to him. He says things like, you know us inside and out. God, your love is ever and always eternally present to all who revere and honor you, which is awesome. And it it just sounds like a Bible verse to us. You know, maybe you've heard that before, like at Sunday school or something, you've heard Psalms. But if you put it in your words and think about it, the way David must have been relating to God, he's like, God, you know me. You know my hearts. You know what I think before I think it. God, you know my fears and my struggles, my hangups. But God, you love me so much I go after you, and you love me, you care about me, you have plans for me, you made me specifically, and you did all of this just so you can be with me. And it comes from this place of an experienced, relational intimacy, a place of faith that David has chosen to position his heart. And then he tells himself about God's power and authority and how he is the king. He says, God has set his throne in heaven. He rules over us all. He is the king, in verse 19. And then he ends the psalms with the same phrase, and you, oh my soul, bless God. He says, I will not forget a single blessing that God has given me, bless the Lord. Sometimes we think we can't go to him, we can't talk to him because it feels like I don't trust God. Have you ever felt like, I don't know if I do trust him in this moment? Or we're going through something and struggling and we don't feel like God is with us. We feel like, David, God, where are you? Are you ignoring me? And we're afraid because it feels like if I don't feel like I have faith, then can I talk to him? You know, is he okay with that? But faith is a choice. It's not a feeling. And we don't have to live, just like we don't live by our feelings, we don't faith by our feelings. We faith by choice. It's a decision to say, I choose you in spite of what I feel. And our next psalm is perfect. Because you might hear someone say something like the first verse in this Psalms 10 and think, he has no faith. He says, God, are you avoiding me? Where are you when I need you? But it doesn't matter what we feel. It matters that we go to God. He's asking God these questions. He's saying, God, are you avoiding me? It feels like you're not with me. This is what I'm feeling. Where are you? And don't be embarrassed of how you feel about situations. You know, we have emotions. God gave us emotions It's part of our humanity and how he created us. And if you have a response to something, don't be ashamed or embarrassed of your emotional reaction to things. Instead of hiding from those feelings, take them to God say that to him. Like, I feel this way, and honestly, I'm surprised that I reacted like that. And I'm surprised at my own feelings, God. you help me with this? For the next 11 verses, he talks about all of the wicked people. And he says, God, how can you let this go on? Where are you? Are you even here? Are you listening to me? How could this happen if you're with me? But in verse 14, he makes this choice again, and he says, no, God is here. He does hear me. I know his nature. I know who he is, and I put my trust in him. Verse 14, he says, you know all about it, God. You know the contempt. You know the abuse. I dare to believe that the luckless will get lucky someday in you. You won't let them down. Orphans won't be orphaned forever. He says, I know who my God is, and he won't let this go on. He cares about me. I dare to believe. I love that phrase. Will you dare to believe when your circumstances shout at you like, where is your God? Is he avoiding you? Are you all alone? Where is he? You need him right now and your circumstances are attacking you. And Will you dare to believe when you feel like you're all alone? When you feel afraid and abandoned? Will you dare to believe? Because where else can we put our faith, our trust? He alone has the words of life and he's above everything else we trust in jesus not our paycheck or our spouses or the government only jesus is above everything else not my self-righteousness or my own intellect my trust is in jesus alone so will you dare to believe that god is who he says he is that he's good and he's powerful just like the bible says that he sees you that he cares about you that he wants to rescue you will you dare to believe will you make that choice to shift your heart inside in light of your feelings. How do we do that? How do we believe it? just starts by saying it with your mouth, engaging it with your heart, with as much faith as you do have. You don't focus on the doubt or what's lacking. You focus on who God is and the faith that you do have, you engage it and put it in God and say, God, I dare to believe that you are good. I dare to trust you. Or use David's words. Engage your mouth, use David's words, and engage your faith and speak the truth of God's words. In the Bible over your life and I love the Psalms because they teach us how to do it and the Psalms from David from God really are giving us permission to be human and to have fears and insecurities but no matter what they're saying whether you're going through this stuff and you feel this way or that way go to God with it be honest with him whether you have those fears or insecurities no matter what go to him talk to him share your life with him being open and honest saying you don't have to get it together. You don't have to have it figured out. When things are going well, when things are going great, celebrate with him. Just share. Like a friend or a spouse, you just share your life with him. I've always kind of thought that God was just as frustrated with my own humanity as I was. Like, not with me personally. I know he loves me. But just like how I get frustrated that I'm like not growing in a certain way or I'm like still struggling with something and I get frustrated at my own humanity and my lack of like forward movement or something and like I'm annoyed and upset. So I feel like God would be too, right? Should not I be further along in this? But I'm realizing that Jesus is aware of my humanity and he's so patient with me. And not only does he know like that I struggle, like I've always known God is perfect and he's good and he knows that I struggle, but he knows specifically where I have a hard time, and he doesn't like point his finger on it and push me down there, but he helps me. And he knows how to get me through something and to keep me growing, and as I keep coming to him, honestly he's so gently and so kindly leads me through those growth points, not in like a hurried and upset way, like, "Come on, come on, come on, you can do it." but just like a way that makes me love and trust him even more. He's so sweet. And that's the key to David's relationship with God. It's the key to every relationship. It's just time. It's consistent, constant conversation. It's open lines of communication, intimate sharing of our secrets and our highest highs and lowest lows. And it becomes easy and natural and free to say, God, this is where I'm at. You know, like Pastor Ash said, it's not necessarily like more time on your knees, like not more religious things and actions, but saying, God, would you invade every part of my life would you be the center and the core of my whole being and my whole life so then the question becomes you know if we can talk to god about anything if we can go boldly and and say things to him like i'm tired of looking at the back of your head because that's what it feels like you know then why don't we what are the things that hold us back from talking to god all the time about anything Well, you've probably believed some of the same things that I have that held me back. You know, when it feels like it's a new relationship or it's awkward, and it just takes practice. You just have to learn how to talk to God. You just have to learn from David and keep doing it, keep practicing it. When it feels like we have to have our ducks in a row or get all the sauce cleaned off of us before we come to him or we believe that it doesn't make a difference, we can go in our mess and put our trust in God no matter what we feel. We shift our heart position, Right? Or maybe you don't believe that he exists or cares enough to respond to you. And we'll talk about that in a minute, that he exists and cares enough to respond to you. Maybe you don't believe that he will talk back to you. Maybe it feels like it's been a long time since I've heard from God and I'm not sure that I do hear from God. And that's a belief I relate to a lot. You know, do I even hear from God? When was the last time that you heard from God? Even as I was talking about this message with Pastor Ashley, She was helping me to identify places where God had actually talked to me. I'm like, wow, God God has been speaking to me a lot, actually. Times that I know he's speaking to me, that I remember. And this lie that we believe is that God doesn't talk to me. I don't hear from him. And really, I think the more insidious, harmful lie that we believe below that is like, I don't hear enough from God. Like, there's a quantity to it where I don't hear enough, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing enough of the things that I know I should be doing in order to hear from him or hear as often as I should. Definitely not as much as some other people who have been hearing from God a lot. They've just told me about it, right? And I compare myself to them. But it's amazing how many times when I look back and I saw, hey, God is speaking to me. I remember just a few weeks ago, we were at a night of prayer and worship on Thursday. We do it every first and Thursday, first and third Thursday of the month at six o'clock here in the auditorium. It's really awesome. We just had it this week. And someone was saying something that they had heard from God, and they were sharing it with the rest of us. And it was, for me, it was special. And it was probably for other people too in the moment, but in that time, I was like, this is for me. He's talking about how Jesus loves us so much, and he gave everything so that he could get just to me. Like, he would give up everything, and he did give up everything because he loved me. I'm that one. He gave his life just for me. And maybe you have thought, like I have, you know, that hearing from God has to be like this big event, like a prophet, and a fire, and a vision, and a moment. And sometimes that's true, but I think more often than not, it's a still, small voice. It's a simple way that God is speaking to you. It comes from maybe someone else in a prayer service. It was just what I needed to hear. Like in that moment, what I was going through in my week, my life, is like that love from Jesus is what I needed. And so how do we know that it's God? How do we recognize when he's speaking to us the more often than we think maybe he is? Well, in that moment, I could feel something. It wasn't, again, like big and flashy, and, but it was something significant. You know, I could feel like when you go on a really good date and you feel super connected to someone, I was like, my heart was connecting to those words. I'm like, that is my God speaking to me. And I know they were connecting to me and I know that I needed them. You know, we were there for like an hour and that's the thing I remember the most about that whole time. Everything else kind of just blurs together. But I held on to those words. They're special to me and they mean something to me. And they line up with the Bible, which is really important. God will never contradict himself. So if you're wondering, look it up in the Bible. Does it contradict something that God has already said? And the last way that I know that God is speaking to me is that I just believe it. You know, the only only right that we have to talk to God, the God of the universe, the perfect God, and expect for him to talk back to us is because of what Jesus did. And it has nothing to do with what we can do, but everything to do with what he did. The only right that I have is to believe in what Jesus did for me. And those two things are tied together, believing what he did for me and also that he spoke to me. A part of the lie that I believed is that maybe I'm not good enough or good with God and that there's a reason that I can't hear from him. You know, Maybe I did something or I'm not doing enough, so I must not be good with God. But only believing in what Jesus did for me is the only reason that I am good with God in the first place, not by anything I can do. And believing that we're good with him is believing that he's speaking to us and that we can hear from him. Like, we can't do enough stuff to, like, get into a spot where we can hear from God because we can't do enough stuff to get good with God in the first place. We just trust that we're good with him and we trust that he's speaking to us. And he is speaking to you, people of hope. But it's so easy for us to talk ourselves out of hearing from God. You know, we say things like, I know I have, right? Like, was that really God? Maybe it was just a coincidence. Was that just my own thought, my own thinking? There are plenty of ways to talk ourselves out of hearing from God, but only one way to know that we are hearing from God, and that's just to believe you are hearing from God. Last week, uh, during chapel, one of the classes downstairs, we have our school here, Hope Academy, and— the teacher was praying with the, with the class. I think they were kindergartners, and they're praying a verse and saying, we're believing for the joy of the Lord. We're praying for the joy of the Lord. We're going to experience the joy of the Lord. And then they came upstairs to the auditorium for chapel. The eighth graders are helping with production, and they're playing the music over the speakers, getting, waiting for everybody to come in, and they're playing Happy by Pharrell. And the teacher said, this is it. This is the answer to our prayer. This is what we were praying for. And he said, let's have a dance party. In the joy of the Lord, as we wait for him, I think we have a video of it. They're so cute. It's so awesome. And the whole school joined in. It's incredible. I love that faith. I went to this school, by the way. Everything in my life is a product of Hope Christian Academy, and it's an incredible school, and you should send your kids there. she said we prayed we went upstairs and god answered yeah through pharrell he answered our prayers and here's the joy of the lord and the whole school and we had amazing worship and we had an awesome time connecting with god and she said he is speaking to us and you know she could have written it off as a coincidence happy joy of the lord it's just you know it could be any song but she would have missed an answer to prayer right there So it just takes practice practice talking to god practice looking for him to speak to us And some things you can do is write it down. You know, this is what God said to me. This is what I think he's speaking to me. Write it down, look it up in the Bible, maybe ask a trusted leader or friend and say, you can hear from God and learn to recognize his voice better because he is speaking to you. And he speaks to us in so, so many ways. I love Pastor Ash's message a, a few weeks ago. God gave life to everything without him, nothing exists. And if he leaves everything disappears. I don't know what happens to it, but like God made everything and He holds it together, right? So He's in everything and He uses everything to speak to us. And all we have to do is expect that He's good enough to respond to us and to look for those things. When you read the Bible, there are God's words written down. Sometimes you read a truth from God's word that applies to you in your life and what you're going through right then. And it's like you needed that. That's God speaking to you. Believe it, receive it, walk in it. Apply it in your life. Don't discount that or talk yourself out of hearing from God. Those are his words. During worship, he's speaking to you. When you listen to a message, God is speaking to you. Listen for what he's saying to you fresh today. Someone just a few weeks ago said to Pastor Ashley uh, a message about a specific message in her spot. She was, she was preaching and there was a spot that wasn't in her notes. She didn't plan on saying it. And he said, you know, that was really good. I, that meant a lot to me. That's what I needed to hear. But she wasn't even planning on saying that. That was God speaking to her and her preaching and her speaking. And he could write that off as a coincidence. He could go about his life, but he missed out on the change that God wants to do in his heart from the inside out by just saying it's a coincidence. You know, God spoke to him through our pastor, and he's speaking to you. So what do you lose by believing that God is speaking to you? You know, maybe, maybe it's not God. But if it doesn't contradict something he's already said, what's the worst that could happen? Why not choose to believe and walk in what he's speaking to you? Because if you do, the results are so much better. It's that you spend more time talking to him. You're expecting to hear his voice more. You're looking for ways that he's speaking to you. And you want to spend more time listening because he's actually speaking to you. And he's there and he's helping us. He's actually getting closer to us. And that's the point is that we get in closer relationship to Jesus. And God's promises, he promises to speak to us. In Hebrews ten sixteen, he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their heart and on their mind, I will inscribe them, producing an inward change, saying I will speak to them. Those are the days now, these are the days that he's talking about when he's speaking to us. So story for you, my word for the year, the beginning of the year, pastor said, I encourage you, listen for God's what God is saying to you and the word that he's speaking to you for this year, where he's going to take you in this year. And my word for the year was trust. I wasn't totally confident that word was from God, <laughs> right? But I'm like, it could be God. So I'm going to walk in it with the faith that I do have, believing it as much as I could. And so I shared it with the team. I said, team, this is what I think God is speaking to. I think this is the word that he gave to me. And our last staff advance, We went to a conference and we spent some time just together talking to God and listening to him. And it was challenging for me just to sit and listen and say, like, I don't have to understand what you're doing. I don't have to understand and figure everything out. I know you're bigger and way smarter than me. I'm just gonna try to trust you and lean into your presence in this moment. And then someone on the team, the only one who I hadn't shared my word with, said, no, I think God is telling me to trust him. You're going to learn to trust him. I'm saying, hang on, I shared that word with everybody, but she wasn't there. So she didn't know. God is speaking to her and he's speaking to me. And then another teammate said, you're going to learn to trust God beyond your understanding. You're going to go from a place of struggling to trust to loving to trust your father and enjoying life with him in a place where you don't understand and you can't figure it out. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. She believed that she was hearing from God And I believed that he was speaking to me through her. And that he spoke to me at the beginning of the year and said, trust. And now I trust him more than ever before. I'm still processing. I'm still working through, but I am daring to trust. And that's the whole point that you grow closer in your relationship with Jesus, that you get past whatever's holding you back and you start believing that he is talking to you and he has things to say to you and he's listening for your voice and you get to know him better. We can talk to God about anything. David proves it. So do it and expect for him to talk back. And it's okay if it's awkward at first. It might take practice, but just keep practicing. Sometimes when I don't know what to say to God or what to talk to him about, I just ask myself, like, you know, what's going on this week? What, what are you nervous about? What are you excited about? What's coming up in your life? And I just share those things with him like I would share my life with my friends or my spouse. What do you feel? Tell God whatever comes to your mind. Share your life with him. We don't know what to say, maybe look at what David said. I have some examples, some verses, um, some psalms that you might take a picture of and go back to this week. So these are, you know, begin your day with God. These are good psalms. If you're feeling sad, these are good psalms. Feeling in distress, look up these psalms. Learn from David, practice his words. Maybe take a picture and go back to it this week. I like the message version because it's like language that I understand and I can relate to, but there's other good versions of the Bible too. And the simple foundation of this starts with the belief that God is there and he responds to me. And with a little bit of faith, choosing to believe, it's easy to please God. Hebrews 11:6 says, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God like with the faith that David approached God with, must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. And that's all you have to do to please God. Just believe that he exists and he cares enough to respond to you when you seek him and you speak to him. And if you can really believe that truth, that one verse and walk in it, everything that I've talked about today, it kind of just comes out as a byproduct of your belief. It comes naturally to you to spend more time with him and be honest with him because you're listening and you're hearing and relating to him. And that's the whole foundation of the Psalms. You know, David's going through his life, lots of different things, being attacked and trying to be killed and running away. And he believes that God exists and that he will respond to him. That's David's secret. That's the secret to intimacy and relationship with God is he exists and cares enough to hear me when I talk to him and then to speak back to me. And Don't get yourself stuck in the trap that says, am I seeking God enough to hear from him? Because it's just a religion. It's just a thing of doing enough and measuring it. Just start seeking you, God, and he will respond to you. There's no measure of the seek. It's just a step of faith to say, I have faith enough in you to seek. There's no measure He is good, and he will respond to you when you seek him. So if you never have before, if you've never taken the faith that you do have and put that faith in God, I challenge you, give it a try. You know, you won't won't get evidence of God before you believe. It's called faith. You take a step. You put your faith in him. You expect a response. You look for him to speak back to you, and he will prove himself to you. He will respond to you when you seek him.